Right, and welcome to another episode of Sports Biz from an agent's perspective. All right, it's a beautiful Monday morning um, outside here in Tokyo. And uh, yeah, you're with your host, Zila, aka Chester Mbekela. And um, we've got such an exciting episode coming up. As I promised, you know, every Monday we're going to deliver sort of like a recap of, you know, the previous games that were either played during the, the week or the weekend, you know, involving the J1, J2 and J3. All right. Now, because I'm not a news outlet, <laughs> I'm not going to bring all the games to you guys. Um, as I said, we're going to talk about just the notable games or the games that we deemed as exciting. All right. I'm just going to break it down and just, you know, sort of like give a comment. All right. Because as I said, I'm a sports agent, not a commentator. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, man, exciting episode nonetheless coming up. But before I get into that, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. I know, you know, from my personal experience, man, when I was an athlete, when I was a player, you know, there'd be times I would go through, you know, feelings of like stress and anxiety, you know, stress to perform, you know, stress to play well, to make sure you play for that next contract. And, you know, I really wish that I had had, you know, certain like avenues to really vent and get out these frustrations and just have an objective party to talk to. All right. Better help, man. It's a platform that offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you through, you know, your tough time or whatever you're going through. Now you're able to talk to your therapist in private, um, in an online environment at your convenience. So it's literally therapy um, wherever you may be, you know. Um, there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then uh, you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Imagine that, under 48 hours. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions and then uh, plus you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist um, and everything you share is 100% and completely confidential. Right? What I've found helpful, man, with using a platform um, like BetterHelp, again, you know, is just their response time. That if you're going through something, um, you're able to talk with your therapist and share it right there and then. You know, my therapist, uh, Mark, is so efficient, um, and I'm really um, happy that I'm working with him. Alright, and then you can actually also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if the current, like the current um, therapist that you matched with doesn't work out for you. Alright, so you don't need to stress and feel like you're trapped with one therapist. You can actually request to change. So, join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to Sports Bears from an agent's perspective, podcast listeners. So you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 
KZ Mbekela. Right? That's better H E L P dot com slash K Z M B E K E L A Mbekela. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, and welcome back um, after the break. Um, just before yeah, we get started with today's episode, man. First of all, fin, 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 fin. this is episode number 50. All right. Um, yeah, we don't take anything for granted, man, on this podcast. Um, you know, reaching 50 episodes is, is nothing light, you know. Um, a lot of people you know, around the world, start podcasts, you know, with, um, you know, we have a saying in my, in my home language is closer, that sometimes you start something with uh, what we call, you know, what that means is that you start something because you're all fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to start this podcast. And then about fine. Sometimes you're able to do the first, maybe 10, 15 or so episodes and then you know the the motivation starts to diminish you know um and then you know by the time you know it this person's done maybe 20 odd something episodes and they just they start slacking you know it went from posting every other day of the week to just posting either let's say maybe once every two weeks then it turns into once a month, once every three months, and then eventually, boom, nothing, you know. So to be able to consistently drop episodes, man, it's, um, it's nothing I take lightly, you know. Um, a lot of stuff goes into the background um, in terms of, you know, my preparation because I always want to make sure that whatever content I put out, you know, with regards to whether I'm talking about uh, professional soccer, uh, you know, pro rugby, um, or even, you know, uh, basketball, because I mean, those are the three uh, sports that I actually have gotten into quite a lot, you know, over the past couple of years. Um, obviously, played rugby, but I love watching basketball. I love watching football as well, you know. So those, you know, the three sports that I love to talk about. And to be able to bring you guys content consistently since last year, October, you know, until now, um, to still be here and to be celebrating my 50th episode is, um, yeah, it, it's, it's something I'm really not taking lightly. I don't take it for granted. I'm not taking it as just another episode. Um, it's a milestone, you know. So for all who've been rocking with us in the podcast, man, you know, please share the celebrations with us. Um, I wish I could have done something special. I actually wanted to have a special guest on for this episode. But um, unfortunately, excuse me, <coughs> sorry guys, I just choked on water. I had a sip of water and I just, um, I choked on it. So yeah, as I'm saying, um, yeah, I wanted to have a guest on for you guys, but um, yeah, it just, it didn't work out. Our schedules just didn't uh, match up, all right? So I promise you, I'm not done interviewing people. I swear to you, um, 
there are, you know, interviews that I'm organizing just to have, you know, either former pro athletes or current pro athletes or, you know, coaches or anyone involved as an executive within the sport, um, sports industry. I'm still trying to get. It's just, you know, when, you, when you're trying to connect with all your contacts that are overseas, um, the time zone difference sort of comes into play. So, um, yeah, just, you know, trying to navigate all that. But I promise you, we're definitely not done interviewing people. And, um, yeah, we're going to keep bringing you guys quality, quality, quality content. Okay, so... Now, let's have a look. Um, so, the recap of this past weekend's or this past week's J-League J games. We're obviously going to have a look at the J1. Uh, notable games that, you know, we were able to witness. Um, so, yeah, I'll start with, um, with Kawasaki Frontal versus Consador. You know, I mean, Kawasaki, they've been going through quite a, a rough patch, you know, after having been, you know, dethroned by Kashima Antlers. But this past weekend, I do think I witnessed them having a bit of a bounce back moment. You know, they thrashed, thrashed Consador with five points to two. You know? And I mean, that game, that was a tough game because, I mean, it was played in, you know, under heavy Heavy rain conditions, but it was still a fast-paced game, you know, because Kawasaki, they've got a few Brazilian uh, guys on the team. So, um, yeah, the rain did not diminish the team's performance in terms of playing a fast-paced um, game of football. But what I found funny was that starting lineup, they actually played all Japanese, all, all local players. When the starting lineup, um, the Brazilian guys actually came off the bench. Um, I think for this game, they were mostly used as like impact players, but uh, they did very well. They did very well. Um, and when I say very well, I'm actually talking about the local boys, man, because by the time, you know, the Brazilian players came off the bench in the second half, I think the score was already about 3-1 three, three up, you know, Kawasaki was already 3-1 up and obviously... The Brazilian guys just came in and they just put the nail to the coffins, you know, scored two extra goals to make it 5-2. Um, I am concerned about uh, the Kawasaki striker, though, Damiao. He, I don't know, during that game, he seemed a little disinterested. I don't know, maybe it's because of the fact that he was dropped to the bench because, you know, the team hasn't been performing all that well the past couple of weeks, but... Um, I don't know, his body language was a bit different to me. Um, that's what I noticed. Or who knows, maybe he might be fighting through an injury. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not really all um, that well connected with Kawasaki. Man, I'll tell you, you know, as an agent, getting your foot in or getting, you know, a good relationship with the front office in Kawasaki has been a challenge. You know, those guys are very, they're very offish. They're very clicky. You know, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Still an amazing team, though. They're still an amazing organization. And um, yeah, it's good to see them bounce back. And who knows, in a couple of weeks, we might be, you know, saying different things. They might be back at number one, you know. But um, yeah, after yesterday's performance, I'm definitely convinced that, you know, I think they're back on the right path to maybe trying to defend their title um, and maybe go for the three-peat 
you know. Yeah, going for the three-pit is not easy. A three-pit is not easy. Like, um, you got to make sure the guys are all buying into, how can I say, um, the vision and the goal, you know. You got to make sure that everyone stays motivated. Because, I mean, they've won the, um, the, the J1 competition back-to-back, you know, so... They got the double and you never know. Sometimes when guys get that, they develop what you call in professional sports, you call that the fat cat syndrome, you know. And what that means is that once guys are doing well, you know, they're getting the money, the motivation starts to, you know, to lessen, you know, diminish. And then when that happens, performance starts to drop, you know. So I don't know. Maybe they needed that humbling from Belmar just to let them know that, you know, on any given day, any team in the J1 can, you know, show them up if they don't show up to play. All right. But yeah, 5-2, that's, that's nothing light. Um, Considole, on the other hand, how can I say? Their performances, <clears throat> their performances have been, yeah, they've been, they've been up and down. So to speak, if I'm going to say that, they've been up and down. But um, yeah, with them, I really, I, I really can't put my finger on it. But I mean, they're not doing too badly because they're not far down, you know, on the J1 league log. But they're one of the most inconsistent performers, if I'm really going to be blunt and honest with them. Because the one, the one week, you know, they, they deliver satisfactory, you know, performances. And then the other week, they get destroyed, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, things turn out for them, you know, during the season. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if they're actually going to try get some heavy hitters during the, you know, the, the transfer window. Um, because I do think in the striker department, their strikers are very inconsistent. If I were them, I would, um, you know, look to recruit you know, just a striker who's firing on all cylinders, just someone who's going to come in and be consistent on a weekly basis. But anyway, that's my opinion. And yeah, if they're looking uh, for an agent to, <laughs> to broker that deal, they should get at me. Okay, so um, the next game that we're going to look at in the J1 would be Iwate Jubilo versus T- uh, Sagantosu. Now, Sagan Tosu, man, they're no slouches. You know, they're not a team that you would underestimate on any given day. But I'll tell you something about these J2, these former J2 teams that were promoted into the J1. Man, these teams have come to play. You know, and I know I've said this before in, you know, previous episodes, but I'm really impressed at how these uh, newly promoted teams have just come on and they've just showed that, listen, we didn't just come here to make up the numbers in the competition. No, we're here to try and win. Or in fact, we're not, we're not here to try and win. We're here to win. We're here to show teams up. And that's pretty much what happened. I mean, you look at what they did to a team that's been in the J1 for seasons on seasons on seasons. Iwate beat them 3-1. They beat them 3-1. And that Iwate striker, man, um, African striker, he, yeah, he, he did well. He did well. 
I'm not too sure about what his last name is. Um, I'll research it for you guys so that next time when I mention him, um, I can name drop. But yeah, he's been very impressive. Very impressive. I think Iwate should be really happy that they have him. He's really, really, really... Um, yeah, he showed, he showed some clinical, clinical plays, you know, in the games that I saw. All right, and then... Game three, oh man, Shimizu Espas, I was so happy because, um, again, as I've mentioned in the previous episodes, I've got a very good relationship with the Shimizu Espas um, front office, and to see Shimizu annihilate Avispa at home in Shimizu, you know, with such an amazing performance, I mean, they won 3-1, you know, um, beautiful atmosphere, you know, they're, they're forward players. You know, they're attacking midfielders and they strike a man. Those guys were on fire. You know, so shout out to them and really congratulations to them on, um, on an amazing victory. And I actually sent a message to um, one of the executives, one of the top guys uh, who, you know, were in charge of recruitment. And yeah, man, he got back to me and he sent me a message back and he was like, you know, Zilla, we're so excited, man. We really needed this win. And um, I think it's definitely going to boost the team morale because, you know, I mean, Shimizu, they, they, they've, been, they've been struggling over the past couple of weeks. Um, and I mean, because they're the only team of the city in Shimizu, in Shizoka, it's very important for them to stay up top, you know. The one thing I love, man, is that they really have the town's support. It's really amazing to see the people of Shimizu, you know, come out in numbers and really show major support to the team. All right. I think it's really important. And it definitely, yeah, motivated them to do well, man. Because, I mean, they're a team that's got a fairly, you know, decent amount of foreigners in the team. And it's guys that have played high levels, um, in other parts of the world, whether it's in South America or in Europe, you know, so it's kind of expected that these guys actually show up and perform. And I think yesterday, for the first time, that's exactly what they did. The foreigners, you know, put their hands up and um, yeah, they delivered a quality football uh, performance. Great product of football on the day, man. Great product, great product. I wish I could have been there in person, man, but I was, I, was, um, I was in Yamanashi attending another game. All right. And then the fourth game, the uh, notable game, is definitely the Urawa Reds versus Nagoya Grampus. Now, Urawa, just like Considor, they're a very difficult team to sort of put your finger on in terms of like what kind of team they're going to be, um, you know, this season, so to speak. Because they also, you know, they'll, they'll give you one hell of a performance the one week and then they're going to be shaky the other week, you know. But they've got some decent players on there. Um, I mean, they beat um, Nagoya three points to no. Three points to no. They put away some clinical goals, man. Um, they scored some clinical goals. And... Um, yeah, they're definitely one of the teams that's got a very good balance as well, you know, in terms of foreigners and local players. And um, yeah, yesterday they, they played very well. So it's going to be interesting. I don't want to, you know, call them out and say that, you know, they're, you know, they're going to be contenders for, 
you know, um, the championship later this year because, again, they're very unpredictable, <laughs> man. They're so unpredictable. But um, I guess that's what makes, you know, the, the, the competition exciting, you know, is that on any given day, man, each, any team can annihilate the other team. It doesn't matter how far up in the log they are or how far, you know, lower or down they are on the log. All right. And a fun, you know, a funny, funny fact about the J League competition. So every single team that's on the J, uh, the J1 League log, every single team has been relegated at least once. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. All right. So, yeah, so that's pretty much um, the J1 and just the notable games. Um, yeah, it was good to see the games back because um, if you remember from the previous episode I gave you guys, uh, there were no J1 League games played because of the 11 Cup. So they had the week off last week. So it was the week of the 11 Cup. But now um, the teams are back now in the J1 League. So, yeah, it was good to see the guys looking fresh and uh, well-rested. You know, high-paced football, man. All games, all round. Um, so, yeah, if you're a foreigner, man, that's looking for an opportunity to come play in Japan you know, make sure you study how the game is played here because it's a fast game. You know, the teams play, the teams play a very fast-paced um, game plan. All right. Okay, and then, so looking at the J2. Um, J2, it's more of a comment. Um, but yeah, before I actually comment on the J2, the notable game that we witnessed in the J2 was definitely Game of the Weekend, Machida Zalvia, who aren't actually too far from where I am, where I live. Uh, Machida Zalvia versus um, Zweigen Kanazawa. Uh, Machida delivered an amazing performance to beat Kanazawa three points to two. Machida actually, this is like the third week now, third consecutive week that they've actually been putting up, you know, high numbers in terms of stats, you know, high numbers in terms of um, just performance-based you know, I think they're one of the teams that's starting to find their form. And I think pretty soon they're going to hit their peak. And who knows, man, where they might be on the log later on this season. But when we look at the J2 log, the, you know, the, the dominant teams are actually the teams that got relegated last season. Um, FC Yokohama and... Um, which is the other team? FC Yokohama and Vegalta, Sendai Vegalta. They've actually been doing very well. And I actually mentioned this on my blog that I published about uh, two days ago. That, No, actually three days ago. That usually when a team is relegated, right? When they're relegated and they go down a division, it usually takes them about a season or two to bounce back because of everything that they lose because of relegation. Okay? Now, if you don't know, you know the business of uh, professional sports, when a team is relegated... It is a financial nightmare for the team because uh, they tend to lose a lot of sponsors because when you drop down a division, that means that you're going to get less TV time. So you lose a lot of uh, TV revenue. All right. And because you're not going to be seen on TV as much, that means sponsors are going to jump ship. <laughs> That's how fickle you know, the industry is. Sponsors are going to jump ship because um, you're not going to be getting as much airtime um, so now that also lessens, you know, the team's revenue because a lot of the team's TV money when they're playing in the top leagues, 
a lot of the team's revenue actually comes from the TV money. Forget the, the merchandising and the tickets and stuff like that. That doesn't really diminish as much because if you, know, if you have diehard fans, regardless of what division you're playing, if those fans are supporting the team, they're going to show up and watch. You know? So the team is still able to make money from you know, um, merchandising and sales tickets, but they lose a lot of commercial deals in terms of um, sponsorships. You know, so now when that happens, that trickles down, obviously, to salaries. All right. So what that means is that when a team is relegated, they lose um, a lot of personnel because, well, they can't afford to keep them all. Especially the guys that were, you know, on high salaries. The guys were on, you know, big time contracts. Unfortunately, you know, the team has to make those tough decisions that as much as they don't want to let them go, they have to, you know, to free up um, salary space, salary cap space. So what usually happens is some of those guys, their contracts are bought out by the bigger teams or the teams that stay within um, the high level competition. So that's what I mean when I say that the teams usually take about two seasons or more to actually bounce back because now they basically have to rebuild, you know. But funny enough, FC Yokohama and Vegalta Sendai, they, who were relegated just last season, have come on and they have just, they've just been wiping the floor with the teams. I guess they've got a point to prove that they still believe they are a cut above the rest. You know, at one point they were occupying the number one and number two spot. At the moment, they're occupying number two and number three spot. So these guys are showing signs of hunger. To get back to playing, you know, top flight football. I don't know about you, but that deserves a round of applause. All right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much um, the news of the, um, the J-Leagues this season. Um, I mean, sorry, this week. I'll say the season this week. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that recap. And yeah, man, um, check out the J-League. It's exciting football. I know before I moved to Japan, I'm going to be totally honest, um, you know, six years ago, I had never really taken the time to watch the J-League. I'd only watched Japan at national level. But when I moved here, and because, I mean, soccer here is the number two sport. In fact, in some prefectures, it's actually number one. You know, it's constantly fighting for that number one spot with baseball. So when I moved to Japan, I got exposed to how big soccer is over here. And um, yeah, just how much of a, an amazing football product that the J-League is and how it's structured. Um, yeah, it, it's no wonder it's a successful league. You know, and as much as, and I don't mean to knock the Chinese Super League, but where is it now? Where are they now? So many teams have been dissolving because a lot of the times the teams were spending money that they didn't have. And I think they were relying way too much on the billionaire investors of China. You see, those type of things can get wishy-washy, man. They didn't really take the time to develop that league and structure it properly. And that's why now it's been just, it's been, um, yeah, it's been chaos. So many players who are playing in China have been trying to come to Japan because of what's happening with the Super League. 
over there. Because as things are looking at the moment, it's dissolving. It's bankrupt. You know? So, yeah, man. So, shout out to, the, you know, to the, just the J-League and how it's structured. Um, it's amazing football. And that's why I'm going to keep bringing you guys, you know, bringing the world content about um, the J-League. Because what I've noticed is a lot of people don't, don't follow it. But then you get players hitting me up on social media, you know, saying they believe that they can play in the J1. And I'm like, have you even watched the game to see the pace and the level, the tempo of the game? But anyway, yeah, I don't want to get into that. So, uh, yeah, so that's been the recap for today. Um, so, yeah, episode 50, man. Really proud to be bringing you guys the 50th episode and to be talking about a sport that I'm actually currently practicing as an agent in. Um, yeah, and we're getting closer, man, to the transfer window. We're going to see um, what teams are going to plan on, you know, bringing in reinforcements and certain moves that are going to be made uh, during this uh, transfer window period. All right. So stay tuned. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed that episode, man. Shout out to everyone who's been supporting the podcast. Um, keep supporting the podcast, man. Get the merch. I'll be sure to drop the link on the description below. Um, get the sports um, ebook series. Amazing news. So now we're going to bring the sports ebook series and it's going to become a paperback. All right. So I'm actually going to publish episode one, two, three and four in one paperback book. So you can actually get yourself a hard copy. All right. Um, as soon as it's out, I'll let you guys know. I'll share the link where you can get it on Amazon. And um, yeah, we're also going to look to work with distributors to distribute the book. So if you want to buy it through a bookstore, um, well, we're hoping to close a deal and have that available in that space as well. All right, guys. Um, yeah, so before I go, good news. It's getting warm in Japan. Yesterday, man, um, I went for a nice, relaxing swim at the beach and it was amazing. It was amazing. It really was. Um, but yeah. Um, so this has been Zila, a.k.a. Chester. And uh, remember our slogan, man. We don't only talk sports. We effing lived it. All right. We fucking lived it. Have a good day, guys. Enjoy um, your week. I hope you guys have a productive week. And uh, yeah, let's get it, man. Stay hustling. Stay up. Take care. All right. So did you know that Sports Biz, from an agent's perspective, the podcast was actually parlayed from an ebook series that is available on Amazon.com. I get, I bet you, I bet you guys didn't know this, but uh, yeah, that is the case. Um, so when I started my journey as a sports agent. I told myself that, you know what, I want to document this journey as it's actually happening. All right. And then that gave me the idea that, you know what, to start an ebook series and to just basically talk about my experiences um, in sort of like an ebook series. All right. So the ebook series that um, we completed last year was season one. 
four episodes of season one, where basically, guys, I talk about my journey in transitioning from being um, an athlete, from being a player, to actually getting into the business side of professional sports. Right? I've always known that I wanted to be in the, um, the business of professional sports once I stopped playing, but I didn't know how. Right? I bet there's a lot of you know a lot of guys who are athletes or a lot of guys who are passionate about sports who actually want to become agents but they don't know how to become agents. Okay? This is where I recommend I recommend that you get um, my sports biz from an agent's perspective ebook series. All right? That series literally details everything, man. It details um, the process and it also details on how to get started, um, you know, when you just want to open up your own shop, your own agency, how to prospect for clients, all right? And also, um, I also tell stories about the transfer window and I also tell stories about just my life in Tokyo since I've been here, all right? Trust me, there's some epic stories that you would not want to miss that are over there. But um, all that aside, the most important information that is on there is literally about how to get started as a sports agent and just how to navigate this journey. Because I don't have a mentor. No one's mentoring me in this sports agency journey. It's literally um, through trial and error and it's literally just, you know, taking it day by day and going by instincts. Okay, so make sure you get the ebook series, man. Sports Biz from an agent's perspective, ebook series. All right. Um, and I wish you guys well on your journey, man. I wish you well on your agent's journey. For any agent that's looking to come into the game, or for any sports enthusiast that's looking to come into the game, I wish you nothing but luck. Make sure you get the ebook series. <laughs> just kidding, man. But yeah, I just thought I would um, tell you guys about it because a lot of guys told me that they didn't know that my podcast was parlayed from an, um, an ebook series. All right. There was even a press release. There was even like it was also in the media as well um, because my podcast has just been catching on so much popularity here in Asia and in the African continent. And then the one person just contacted me and, and was like, listen, I saw sports biz from an agent's perspective on Amazon. Was this a book? I was like, yep, it was first a book before I made it into a podcast. So anyway, I thought I'd share that little story. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys go out and get it. I definitely recommend it and you won't be disappointed. Many more seasons are coming as well. All right. Cheers. Cheers.